0: Okay, good morning. Today's daf is daf Teshvav 15. Today's shir is for a full shame of who'd have been miriam and Chaya, Chayka, Bas, Baba, Mishla, May they have a complete and speedy recovery. Um, okay, so remember we were in the middle of a discussing um, whether Beit Shammai actually practiced like their rulings, or did they concede and follow Beit Sila? I Osu or Velo Osu? Did they do it? Did they practice based on their ruling? And did they not? And we've actually come up with uh, um, the the first said, we said it, remember there was a bus call at a stage which came out and said the halachas like Beis Hillel. But even then, so before the bus call you could say they conceded to Beis Hillel because Beis Hillel were the majority. But not necessarily because we don't see great sages just conceding to other sages because they're the majority. There obviously is the process where you sit down and you have a debate and Sanhedrin issues the ruling. But unless it reaches that stage, there's no rule that you're bound to follow someone else. And that was the one point. If it's after the bus call, oh, don't they have to follow Basil if it's after the bus call? Well, we know uh, the famous Reb He says, We don't have to listen to heavenly voices when determining halach, And therefore, Beis Shammai said we don't have to. So we had either of those possibilities. And we're going to see today, um, mixed into this discussion, and this is where the whole sugya started, was um, with, uh, with Lois is going do. You're not allowed to have different Jews having different practices in one place. Now, even that, it's hard to define. I was looking, I mean, remember we had a Makloike, Sabaya and Rova. Does it apply in, it doesn't apply in two cities, but it would impl- a, apply in one city. And the one said, no, that's only if there's only one based in um, issuing divergent psakim. I, the Beisdin sends out a letter one day saying, this is okay. And then and, and some of the Dayonimend send out the letter saying, it's not okay. That's where it would be a problem. And other, and then Robert, so so that was not so clear, I was looking, even I was trying to look in the Rambam to get uh, clarity, and I realized I need to spend a little bit more time, but the Kesef Mishnah seems to learn that any time you have different minhagim in the city, like it's clear and established that some people, let's say like we brought yesterday, put on Twilin on Cholamoid, and some people don't put on Twilin on Cholamoid, some people do work on Arab Pesach, some people don't work on Arab Pesach, as soon as you have that Two set minhagim. That's as if there are two bote dinim, and there's no, and that wouldn't be a problem of Lois is going to do of splitting the Torah into two Torahs. Um, okay, but again, they're taken it quite far. If you want to say in one shul, I mean, you're going to have half people saying some twilas and half the people saying another twilas, How far do we take this? That where there are two minhagim, it would be fine. Okay, but back to where we were. Again, the primary discussion while this that this is all featured around is Asu. Asu. Did Baishamai practise based on their own practice or not? So fifth last line of your Daladamud base fourteen B it says Toshma It says Rabbi Yochanan Rabbi Yochanan said now, Rabbi Yochanan ben Uri's concern was, remember this, and again, this is why it's connected to our Masecht. is we have the Maklokas, Beishamah, Beis does a Tsarist-Evah do Yibum? According to Beis a does not do Yibum. If she does Yibum, it's the Isu Koresh, because it's ach For the Yovam to be with this Yivama, according to Beis it's the Isu ach, his brother's wife, it's a penalty of Koresh. Whereas according to Beis Shammai, they do Yibum. So Rabbi Yechira and Ben Nuri want to do... Now, and then according to Beis Hillel, she's free without Khalitza. Let's say she wants to go... They don't want to do Yibum and she wants to go marry another man. So according to Beis Hillel, she can just go and marry another man. There is no Yibum or chalitza. Whereas according to Beis Shammai, she would have to do Khalitza. And if she goes and lives with another man, marries another man without uh, permission, without chalitza, it's a negative commandment, according to Beis Shammai. So Rabbi Menuri says, we can't have that in B'nai Israel. It's just not tenable that you have, in one community, you have, according to half the community, this woman's committing a Yisukares and all her descendants are Mam and according to the other half of the community, she's 100% in her wrath. And of course, she's doing a mitzvah. She's fulfilling the mitzvah of yibum. And we can't have that half the community when they go and remarry without Chalitza, are considered living in sin, um, whereas according to the other half of the community, that's fine. So he says that we can't have that. So he says, How can this be the way in Israel? spread in Yisrael? That if you practice like Beishamai, the child is a mamzer according, like according to Beishamai. If you practice like Beishamai, the child is Pogum. Pogum means not fit to marry into Kahuna. It, according to Beishamai, so it says, We should institute that all Soros, below should do Chalitza and not Yibum. And that will solve all the issues. If they're not doing Yibum, then they never transgress the Issukares. And if they do Chalitza, then it saves the problem from Beishamai's account. So telling them to always do Chalitza but not Yibum would resolve the problem. And he says Lohi speako, this this discussion will come up a bit a bit later on, but Lohi Speaker Ligmores um, they didn't get to conclude this matter until the time was torn away from them. Not sure something happened and they didn't get to resolve it, they didn't get to institute Rabbi Yram Benuri's solution. Now uh, and the Gomorrah carries on with the event. He says, re- re- not everyone agreed with Rabbi Yochanan ben that it was a good solution. He says, Rabbi Shimon Gamliel, Rabbi Gamliel says, meata. What are you going to do about all the co up until now? Hi, Rabbi Yochanan ben if we institute this Gezeira that you have to do chalitza and not Yibum, you're saying that up to now, all these women who did Yibum based on the ruling of the G'daliyah Zor beishamai." Are all going to end up being correct? Uh, retroactively, you're going to invalidate a whole lot of children and moms, um children and families. So Rav says, I don't think this is a, this is a good solution. Now the Gomorrah now again, remember why we're bringing this, why we're we having this whole discussion to try work out that they, Be- they Be- shama practice based on their rulings, or did they from the outset concede and follow Beis he says, "If you say." It makes sense if you say that Baishamah practiced, then Rambun Gamaliel's question of said, what are we going to do about the children, or the, the, the children from families who already did Yibun? Elo, my If you say that they didn't do this practice, that Baishamah didn't practice based on the own rulings, then what's Rambun Gamaliel's concern? There will be no children who would be problems up until here. Because none of the children would have, none of the women would have done Yibun, because according to Baishamah, they never Acted based on their ruling. Says, no. The concern is about the sorrow herself, the Ko'waf herself. She has, um, even if they Shammai practiced like Bey Tilal and allowed the Ko'waf herself to remarry with Al Khalitz, um, to remarry. Without Chalitza. So he says, Umana se, Oh, but and then he says, What shall we do? He says, hana shamai lehu. This is what he's saying. These Tsaras of Beis Hillel to Beis Shammai, what should they do? To tell us, and now they should do Chalitza. So according to Beis Shammai, according to Beis Hillel, there were these women who went, according to Beis Hillel, there were women, Tsaras Erva, who went and remarried, again, outside of the family, Let's call, yeah, whenever I use the word marry generally means outside of the family, a normal marriage. Whereas I'll say Yibum if they did Yibum if it's marrying the brother's wife. So they went and married outside of the family without chalitza, And now, like by Hillel's ruling, and now Rabbi Yochan and Benuri is coming along and saying, no, they have to have done, they have to do Khalitsa." He says, okay, let them do chalitza. He says, they might become uh, unpleasant to their husbands. If her husband realizes, wait, you're telling me that this woman are basically been committing adultery to because she hadn't done chalitza, he'll like, uh, she'll become unfavorable in his eyes. So he says, we can't do that. We can't say this family, this couple, have been living together for a while. All of a sudden she has to do chalitza. He says, no, so let her become uh, repulsive to her husband. That's the better practice here going forward. He says, no, the ways of Torah are pleasant and all its paths are, are peaceful i the torah this this is not a way of torah to make a new takana that's going to cause a whole lot of (coughs) strife in a marriage again by in the middle of the marriage now it's oh wait we've just instituted that your wife has to go and do chalitza. and he's like what i've been living with my wife illegally caused a little bit of fight. what there wasn't full disclosure and uh, that's the concern so that can't be um that's why Rabbi Kamil was not happy. But again, we have no proof either way whether Beishamah whether Beishama practice like Beishilal or not. Why would you need to do that? Oh, because Rabbi Yochanan Ben-Nuri wants to institute that going ahead so that we don't have the conflict between Beishamah and Beishilal. He wants to institute that going ahead. Any Saras Erva must do chalitza. Now, according to Beishilal, it's not necessary. But it's to resolve the other issues with Beishamah. Now, so going ahead, every tsarist erva has to do chalitza. You're going to end up that, oh, look at this current marriage. He married this woman who was a tsarist erva, and she married Baan, according to Basilil. But now according to Rabbi Yochanan new gizayra, they're going to have to do chalitza. So that's why Rabbi Gamaliel is not happy with that gizayra. Okay, um, next one, Toshma. To Amar we're actually going to have about 12 or 13, I think, maybe 14 proofs are trying to prove this either way some will be successful some won't now remember Rabbi Tarfun is a Talmud of Beishamai because we know from Maseches Baruchos remember the story at the beginning Rabbi Tarfun said I lay down to say Shmalak because remember Beishamai say you say Krishna lying down and they say, say you have to say it um, you don't have to lie down. You can say lie down also. So he made a point of lying down and he was almost attacked and he went and told him in the base Medrash and they're like, oh, you deserve it. But he always tried to follow Beis Shammai because that was his uh, school of thought. That's where he was a student. So Gavni, Rabbi Taafon says, Ti avni Mosai tovot Habas says, My, bro- well, yeah. my brother is married to my daughter. And he says, and I desire, I look forward to the opportunity when the Tzoros Habas I my daughter's co-wife will come into my hands and I'll marry her, I'll do Yibum. I, I want to practice like base Shammai. I can't wait for that opportunity. Now interesting, the, the Tosos Arosh switches around. He says what? He's longing for his brother to die so he can marry his brother, the co wife of his daughter? That's not, not a nice way to speak, does not So, okay, so the Toskos HaRosh switches it around, but let's just go with the standard um, straightforward reading, like I said, that along the lines He's saying, I think the halacha is so clear, like Baishamai, that I'm looking forward to the opportunity to do Yibum to the Tsarres Erva, which again, according to Baish Hiller, would think now. Now, Eime Va'asieno, he should say, and I will allow her to remarry. I, it sounds like Rabbi Tarfun practiced based on the ruling of Beisham. Remember, the whole point of this, the, the, the whole core of this discussion is did Beisham practice based on their rulings? Based on what Rabbi Tarfun says very clearly. They did practice. He says, I'm waiting for the opportunity to do Yibum to Atzara oh, practices Oh, practice is like Baishama. So he says, no, aim it here, no, say, and I will allow her to get remarried I to a stranger. So no, there's no true proof that he did practice. But he says, I long for the opportunity. Doesn't make sense. He says, I long for the opportunity to let her practice like Baishama. You know, like what's he really saying there? Um, like, it oh, sounds like he wants to do something that stands out, you know. I want to make a point. That's what it sounds like he's saying. To say, I want this, I want to let this Torah's ever to remarry in the rule, like according to Basilo that's not making a point. That would have, that was the more common practice. He wants to make a point to exclude from Rabbi Yochanan Menuri. Uh, he wants to let her remarry without Chalitza. Okay, Rabbi Yochanan Menuri, what we saw in the previous proof, to want to the institute that you always do Chalitza. Okay, Toshman, another proof. Mas Babito daughter was married to his brother Abba. His na- the brother's name was Abba. Umais Bonim and they died without and he, the brother died without children. And Yivon Rabongamil and married her tsora. Ay Rabongamil practised like Baishama, he married the co wife of his daughter. Is it logical to do such a thing? Would you assume that Rabban Gamliel was a Talmud of Beishamah? Definitely not. Rabban Gamliel was a direct descendant of Hillel. So he wouldn't be practicing like Beishamah. The daughter of Rabban Gamliel was an Ailonist. Ah, oh, remember we learnt a few days ago that a What's the, an islandess is, is a woman who never shows signs of physical maturity. She does not fall in Yibum. There's a big discussion. We're going to assume now that the, the tzora of an islandess is, also does fall in Yibum. The tzora of an, an islandess, is, granted, she doesn't fall in Yibum because the, one of the points of Yibum is to have children to rebuild your brother's house. Um, so the tzora of an islandess is, does not fall in Yibum. So that's why Rabban Gamliel was happy to do Yibum to his, the tzorah of his daughter. His daughter was an islandist, and therefore he could do yibum. Okay, not that he practiced like Beishamai that, uh, that uh, tzoras ever could do Yubim. But the Gomer says, wait, you can't understand the Tanakam. He says, wait, the, the second opinion in that Mishnah say that the daughter of Rabban Gamliel was an islandist. That implies that the first opinion who said Rabban Gamliel... Wanted to marry a tzora. Was not. Hold that she's not an islandess. I, Rabbi held you. could do Yibum to the tzora's erva. Says no. v'lo The one is where Acheirim holds. It's even where he knew she was an islandess. And the Tanakama holds no. Only if he did not know she was an islandess. What are we saying? The Tanakama holds that the an erva. One of our eyes that is an a an islandess, exempts her tzara, unless he did not know she was an If Someone married a girl, and it turns out that she's an islandess. It's a mechatos. It's a marriage based on a false pretense. Mechatos literally means a, a sale based on a on a false pretense. I We fill out these forms. I'm buying this car from you. Turns out the gearbox doesn't work. That's when I bought the car from you. It was clear that... It was a car that could drive, and now it can't drive. So that's a mekhatzot. So so too with a marriage. If it's a marriage based on a false premise, it's it falls away. It's a, the, the deal doesn't go through. So this so if he did not know she was a Tzoras islandess, sorry that she was an islandess and he married her, then the marriage falls away. So the Tzora of so Rabban Kamnil's daughter married this man, married sorry married his brother Abba. And Abba died without children, but he never ever knew that she... He only found out later she was an islandess. So it was an invalid marriage, and that's why Rabbi Gamaliel could marry the Tzorah, because she wasn't really a Tzorah. Whereas Acherim come along and say, no. Um, so is that the right yeah. But Aina Chinami, if Abba did know that she was an islandess then the marriage would have stood and she would exempt her tzara. Whereas Achairim, the second opinion who says, no, she was an islandess, what are they saying? They're saying, whether he knew or not, an islandess always exempts her co-wife. An islandess is the same as an erba. Since she doesn't fall in yubom, her kowafs also don't fall in yubom. Um, sorry, other way around. An islandist, the first opinion was based on that. Sorry, sorry, I just got confused. The first opinion of the Tanakama hold that an islandist does exempt her Torah. Either tzara does not fall to Yibum. If the daughter's an islandist, again, unless he didn't know, but that's because then there was no marriage to the islandist. That's a mekak So therefore the Torah will fall in Yibum. Generally a tzara does not. Whereas Acherim hold that an island, the tzara of an islandist or who was an ervan, if the islandess was an ervan, her Tzara, do fall in Yibum. So that's why I say that she was an islandess, she did fall in Yibum. So that's the first possibility. So it's the Iboyx same alternative that you can say, No, the machloikes, it was based on a different machloikes of if he married and then he divorced her. We saw about two pages ago. Remember, what's considered a Tzara's erva? Do you go after the time of death? I was Abba married to Rabbi Gamaliel's daughter and the Sora at the time of death. Is that the key point, or is it as long as the Sora and the erva were married at the same at any point at the same time, um, it's considered a tzora's erva? I let's say Abba married his daughter, and then and he had this co-wife. And then he divorced the daughter. So now the co-wife, and then Abba died. At the time of death, Abba was not married to the daughter. He was only married to the co-wife. So that's the makhloikes According to the Tanakama, you go after the time of death. So so Rabban Gamliel's daughter was not married to his brother Abba at the time of death. And therefore, he could do yibum uh, to the tzora. According to Achairim, no. You go at if at any point in the marriage, the tzora and the ever were married at the same time to the brother, then she does not fall in yibum. However, here the daughter was an islander, so she could still fall in. So the tzora could still fall in yibum. So that's the second answer. Third answer: The difference is if there's a condition, and then they do bia, that's what the makhloikis is based on. I.e., if a man marries a woman out tonight, let's say he says, okay, I'll do and She, on condition you don't have any vows. This guy's discussion for elsewhere, why one would be so particular that his wife doesn't have any outstanding vows, but she has, turns out that she has, and then he sleeps with her before verifying this tonight. And then it turns out that she did have vows. She had a vow that she would never have carbs. I don't know what it, what her letter was, that she would never do X. So it turns out, now, According to the Tanakama, well, the marriage is cancelled. Because he only married her on condition she didn't have any outstanding vows. And she did. So the marriage is cancelled. According to the Acherim. And that's why, so that's why reb kamlil uh, could do yibum to the sorrow of his daughter from his brother Abba. Um, Whereas the second opinion holds no. A person does not make his um, his beers uh, for nothing. He's not going to... If he sleeps with a woman, he doesn't want it to turn out that it was out of wedlock, that it was nus. Therefore, if he does sleep with this woman who he married on condition, he's kind of waiving the condition because he would never sleep with her until he's verified it. And that's... So the marriage... Stands. So then, how could Rabban Kabnil do Yibum to the Tsara of his bita The marriage between his brother and his daughter stood because his daughter turned out to be an islandist. His daughter was an islandist. Okay, so either way, we have three explanations. Dismiss. Again, we wanted to say, look, Bais Rabban Gamliel wanted to practice like Beishamai. Shammai. must be Beishamai practice based on the act. Rabban Gamliel wanted to do Yubum to the Tsar's And now we just had three explanations how in that case Rabban Gamliel, what, Rabban Gamliel obviously followed Beishilal. And we gave three different explanations why he would be marrying doing yibum to the Tsar of His Bito. And they all boiled down to that his daughter was, was either an islandess, and an islandess does not exempt her uh, Sora, or it turns out that his daughter wasn't really married to his brother. Okay, Mossib, another challenge. Akiva. This is a story with Rabbi Akiva. Now, just before we go into the incident with Rabbi Akiva, this is jumping back to Tubishvat. Remember, Tubishvat is the New, new Year's for the trees, the birthday of the trees. Now, obviously, we don't need to tell the what's the halachic ramifications. Let the, trees, uh, let the trees have their birthdays whenever it suits them. Why do we say when the birthday of the trees are? So one of the main ramifications for us is with Maser. Remember, in different years of the Shemitah cycle, you'd give different um, Masers. If it's the first, second, fourth or fifth year, it's Maser Shani. You take the produce up to Yerushalayim and eat it there. Or you redeem it onto money and take the money up and spend it on food in Yerushalayim. If it's the third or the sixth year, then it's Maser Oni. You have to take that produce and give it as charity to the poor. So we need to know when do you view this fruit as grown from. If it's from before Tu Bishvat, then it's from the previous year. If it's from after Tu Bishvat, it's from this year. So what happens? So so that's why we need to know. Now it's a Machloikes, we saw this in Rosh Hashanah. Is do we go after the first of Shvat as the New Year's for the trees? Or do we go after the fifteenth of Shvat, what we celebrate to So it says as follows so Shelikate Esrug be Echot Bishvat Akiva picked an Esrog on the first of Shvat. And he tr- kept two Masters on it. One like base Hillel and one like Beis Shammai. I, he took, he treated it as, let's say, second year produce and third year produce. He treated it as like Beis Hillel, that is from the previous year, the second year, and he treated it like Beis Shammai, that is third year produce because it's already the first of Shat. And he separated both. So, um, so how would he have probably done this? He would have redeemed the produce onto money and used the equivalent value um, and taken that money up to Yerushalayim to eat it there, and he would have given the produce as master to the poor people. So that's what Rabbi Akiva did, he treated it as both. But what do we see? He practiced based on the practice of Beishamai. I mean, I also we see very clearly from here that Beis would keep their practices. No, so he says Rabbi Akiva Gemara is not Beis Shammai. No, Rabbi Akiva didn't practice like Beis He wanted to practice like Beis He just wasn't clear. He says Velo Yada I Beis Hillel Be Echad B'Shvata Amor I B'tezvo Be Tzav B'Shvata Amor Whether Beis Hillel in the first of Shvat or the fifteenth of Shvat. So he really wanted to practice like Beis but he wasn't sure which was the correct practice of Beis Okay, Moshe Mazutra Mazutra challenges. Says Moshe V'Yado Kalosah Shel Shammai Hazakon U'Picheis Es Amazei V'Zichal Chalke Be Mita. Bishvil Koton. The daughter, Rabbon, Shamai's not Beishamai, sorry, Shammai the elder's daughter in law gave birth and she removed the ceiling and puts Chach over so that this child could be in the sukkah. Now Beisilel say you only do chinuch on a child when they're old enough to leave to sleep without their mother in the sukkah. But Beishamai Shammai himself said no, you have to go stricter and even from a very young age. We can discuss why, wow, but Different discussion, why? Well, but, Beishamai insisted that, so his daughter-in-law. But what do we see? Sharmina also, we see that she practiced based on Sharmai. says, no, that wouldn't be a problem of, I guess, because, because, the one who sees her doing it will say, why is she opening the ceiling? Why is she opening the skylight? Just to increase the airflow. She's got a newborn baby, needs some fresh air. That's why not, because she's doing... It. Granted, she did it for sukkahs, but that wasn't the main motivation. The oracle in asks a very interesting question. He says, why do we say, Lo osu', why did we say, Lo osu', that Beishamai would not necessarily have practiced like their practice? either because they're a majority, they, Beishila were the majority, or because of the Baschol. Shammai himself was before that. We're not discussing Beis Hilal or Beis Shammai, the yeshiva movement that followed in the footsteps of the elder of Shammai, or the yeshiva movement that followed in the footsteps of Beis Hillel, where you ended up with this, and this is, the Baschol was much later, it was between Beis Shammai and Beis Hilal, the yeshiva of Shammai, the yeshiva of Hilal. We're talking about Shammai himself. Shammai, this is Shammai's daughter-in-law and grandchild. So he wouldn't concede on either of those points. Obviously, Shammai practiced based on his own rulings. That's what the oracle in says. So he first says, must be that the concern is lois is guided to. That even granted by Shammai, had his own ruling, not on Shammai, the elder, had his own rulings and he would have practiced based on them, he wouldn't have, isn't it a problem of Loisis Koytudu? You have Shammai and his family doing one way and Hillel and his family doing another way. So that's, uh, that's very interesting. We're now bringing, not only is it dependent on do you follow the majority or do you follow the bus we're back to saying even Shammai would have had a problem of doing his own practice because of Loisis Koytudu. You're not allowed to have two Torahs. um yeah very uh, quite a surprising introdu- introduction to the sugya because uh, it's it's a little bit difficult that because we always see that different rabbis pass in differently, and why should Shammai have to concede to Hillel and Hillel not concede to shammai? Why are we picking on shammai for the lois is going to do um, and I guess here it's because he's going stricter he's telling you to do an action when Basil would say you don't have to. So he's the one who's sticking out, maybe. Um, okay. There was an incident with Yehu's trust, which was in Yerushalayim. And it was dug in the gra- a hole in the ground as a mikveh. The called Tahorus, Shehoyub, Yerushalayim, And all Tahorus that they used to eat in Yerushalayim were made through things that were purified in that mi- Mishnah. Now, there was a huge problem with that. Remember, a Mishnah has, a mikveh has certain requirements. It has to hold 40 sayer, And it has to have, it has to be rainwater, etc. And this mikveh didn't meet those requirements. So, yeah. Shamay, But interestingly. Okay, let's assume it was a... Okay, they discussed it a little bit. Let's assume it was a proper cistern sort of thing. It just wasn't big enough. or But not only. But there is a way to have a small mikvah connected to a big mikvah. How's that? But the famous thing, Hashoka. If the water of a regular mikvah touches the water of a small... Like we want to call it a mikvah, of a small pool of water, it makes all that water mikvah water. Now, there's a machlok that's Beishama and Beisil. Beishama, I say... To consider these two mikvahs' joint, there has to be a majority open between them. According to Beis Hillel, you just have to have a path big enough that you can put your two fingers in and move your hand around like that. So, according to Beis Hillel, you just need between the main mikvah and this, Shokas Yehu, you just need a path between them okay it has to be a winding up but just a pop but as a country by shamma it has to be you have to break the wall between them so he says vishalchu so vishalchu by shamma nirchivu she by shamma irim adjetif tak perub by shamma went and made them open the wall between the mikveh and this trough because you need to open a majority but nun eruv mikvashik um however we learned in a mishnah eruv mikvashka shufu feris hanoid buvya vhalaleho you just need um to join two mikvahs together, two pools of water together, you just need an opening, the size of this tube, and the hollow of the tube, like two fingers that can turn around in a circle, but we see here, Sami acted based on their practice. Baishamai went and opened the mikveh, opened the wall between the mikvahs so that it flowed according to how they wanted. So the Gemara answers, no. no, because there, the one who sees do Jesus will say they just wanted to let more water in. So again, it's not a problem of loisis go to do because there's another justification. Why did they do it? Not because that's the halacha, they followed Baishilel. But they did it because. Um, Um, they, they wanted more water in the mikvah. And therefore, again, it doesn't look like two, two different Torahs. Again, remember Rashi's whole Svarov, the problem of Elohim God. it is, it looks like they're two different Torahs. Some Jews practice Torah A and some Jews practice Torah B. Um, but if, if, you can, if you would explain it based on another reason, we saw this earlier, um, if, as soon as you'll explain they're doing it because of a different reason, then that wouldn't be a problem. Okay, now Ma. so another proof to Omar Rebial Zabi Tatak Sho Yoy may Torah eat a Rebichan when I was learning Torah, sorry, by Rebiyochnana Hurani, Ruisi, Shahoyoch, Pashareb Melak, Bishna Batorah. I saw that he just had dry bread and salt to eat in the farine. So I got very worried about my Rebi, that's all he was eating. So Baossi Vadati's Abba, so I went and I told my father, Omali Hoylehla Zasim, Bahalachilos. He says, Take for him some olives to eat. And I took him some olives. Now Roosim Shahoyul lah. Rabbi Yochanan HaKurani saw that they were sitting in liquid. And what's the problem with liquid? Is It makes them heksher to become tome. And now Rabbi Yochanan HaKurani has to be careful. Oh wait, maybe an Amaret touched them. Maybe they Tomei. And Rabbi Yochanan HaKurani wouldn't want to eat olives that are tome. Just before we go further to introduce a new point. Obviously we know that there's seven liquids that make food susceptible to Tomei. Rabbi Yochanan HaKurani held... Um, so there's a machloi Shammai. what about the juice that flows from the olives just when they're stored together? You take a whole big thing of olives and pile them into a kli, they, just the natural pressure will cause some of the juice to come out. According to Shammai, let me just make sure I'm getting it the right way round. Um... No. Uh, sorry, it will become clear. Um shama, hold that that little juice is not considered olive oil, that it would make us susceptible to tumor, whereas Baysel hold that it is. So he got very... So, so he didn't want to eat these olives in case they became tommy from this juice. And I told my father... Sorry. He said, I don't eat olives. So I went and I told my father, we still need to get some food for my Rebbe. So... Go and tell... Him. Sorry about that interruption. Let's just start from the Toshma again. Um, so again there's a machlokas Baisham and Beisilel. The the juice that comes out of olives that are just because they kept according to are they considered they considered olive oil and they would be Hekshar and according to Beishamah it's it's water, it's just fruit juice it's not it doesn't make it hekshar, it doesn't make it susceptible to tumor. So it says, Toshma, Toshma, Amar Toshma, 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 was learning Torah. Um, by Dry, he was eating dry bread and salt, which Nabat Saras during the famine says, so Baasi, I went and I told my father, we need to get some food for my Rebbe.' So Amali, Hoylaqin, take these olives. Well and I took them to So I took him a jar of olives and Rohus and Shain Lachim, but he saw that they were moist. Now he was concerned, Rabbi Yokan al was concerned that they had been touched by an Omaret. And since they were moist, they had been Hakshir, and therefore they were Maqabatuma. Ba'asi, so Amali, so Rebbi Yoychah R' Akhrani told me I don't eat olives. Boi zivadati es abes. I went and I told my father. Amar li leif emor loy chavis nukuba hausa elishesh tuma shmarim. Go and tell him that the barrel had holes in the bottom, and there but it got blocked by the dregs. V'tchnanin we learned in a mishnah. Chavis shol zaisim agul galim. If you have a jar of these. Squashed olives. Shammah say you don't need holes in the bottom. Because again, he holds the liquid. is basically just water. Or not water. It's just uh, uh, sweat from the juice. And it's not going to make it susceptible to tumour. But say no, it's considered olive oil. Therefore you need to make a hole in the bottom. Because what does the hole in the bottom show? The hole in the bottom shows that you want the liquid to drain out. And if the liquid drains out, then there's no problem... Then you show you don't want it. Remember, for food to become susceptible, you have to want the liquid. So if you put a hole in the bottom, it says and shamrim that if it has a hole which became blocked up by the dregs, it's tahor because it's still you don't want the liquid there. Now it says Now rebi um, Rabbi Tzadok was a student of Shammai and still he took a jaw with a hole in the bottom. What? But that's like the practice of Beis Hillel. He made sure to follow Beis Hillel. If you say that generally Beis Shammai practiced based on their rulings, that would be the Chirush. But if you say that they did not practice, what's the big deal about Rebbe I The whole novelty here is Rebbe Tzadok was a student of Beis Shammai. He was from the school of Beis Shammai. And yet he was careful to practice like Beis Hillel. We see that in general the students of Beishamai practice like their own ruling. And that we leave as a conclusive proof that Beishamai practice like Beishamai. Remember, that's the overarching principle. Now we try to bring another proof to that. I don't know, once we've proven it, I don't know why we need another proof, but we bring another proof. It says, Tosh, Masha, Olu, Esrebi Yeshua Tzorah Sabas Mahal. They ask Reb Yeshua, what's the loch regarding Tzorah Sabas? Again, this is the whole, this is the Yuvama Sugit, Tzorah Sabas. Can the co-wife of an ever do yubum, to beis Hillel. It's pain of chorus, you do not do Yibum, and according to by shama, you do Yibum. So he said, you know, it's a makhloikas beyshamah beysilal. So they said to him, okay, fine, who do we pascan like? Do we pascan like by beysilal? It says, Why would I enter my head between these two huge mountains? Between these two, I'm scared that they're going to crush my skull. I think he's using the metaphor because he put his head between the two mountains, so he's worried that they'll crush his skull. But what's his concern? If he starts paskening like Well, it's easier, as we'll see. If he paskins like well, then all those women are chave korets, and all their whole lot of children who are mamzerim, and they're going to want to come and kill him. Again, you, you can imagine, he gets up, you can imagine, the, it's, I remember my grandfather speaking about it, you've got to be so careful when it comes to halachas of improving a mikveh and changing these sort of rules. Again, on a mikvah is a smaller note, this we're concerned, is the but it is. If you come along and say, you know that mikveh, we need to upgrade it, we need to improve it. Then, and hal- and halachically, we need to improve it. You're casting doubt on all the women who have been going to mikveh in the old mikveh for many, many years. And you're going to kind of say, like, you know what, maybe they, ch- they didn't go to a proper mikveh and all their children are benidos. So that's, you've got to be very careful when you issue a ruling how it's going to affect up to here. And if he issues a ruling like Bez he's going to be declaring whole families mamzerim. So they'll come and they'll want to kill him. He says, Avalani, mayed Lohem. I testify that there were these. So he says, I'm not prepared to get involved in the machroches. However, I will testify that there were these two great families in Yushalayim, that they were descendants of Tzoras. And they were allowed to be Kohanim Gedolim and serve in the temple. Oh, that's quite powerful. We're clearly not too concerned. ...about them being mamzerim ...if we let them be kahanim... ...in the Beisamikdash. It says, now, If you say that Beisamai did practice... ...based on their ruling, that's why Rebbe Yahshua would be afraid. Why would he be afraid? Because again, those children will be, mam, uh, the descendants will be mamzerim. But if you say, by Shammai never practice based on their ruling, why would he be afraid? Why would he be afraid? He be afraid? All that's happened is the children married without chalitza, the, the these women married without chalitza to strangers, and the children are just born from a negative commandment. That's not right. it says. Well, even according to Rabbi Yeshua, they're not Mamzerim because, again, remember we introduced us. there are three levels at the surface. There's a negative commandment, there's negative commands with Kares, and there are negative commandments that you put to death by Bezdin. At which level are the children a Mamzer? Rabbi Yeshua says they only a Mamzer from the highest level. Which one's that from? If would put, if Bezdin would put them to death, then a child born from that union. Is a mamzer. But just because it's an isu kores, like a yavam, a, a woman going to her brother in law in a case where she shouldn't, that's kores, but it wouldn't make them a mamzer. So again, why was Rabbi Yeshua afraid? He says, no, nami de mamzer havu pegum havu. Granted, they would not be mamzerim, they would still be pegumim. What's pegumim? The children of those women who married their brothers in laws when they shouldn't have it. So isu kores, the children are forbidden. <coughs> Pogo means forbidden to kahuna. <coughs> the children were not. Says, and Mikal, or forbidden, to forbidden to kahuna. According to Yeshua, they're not mamzerim. He holds you're only a Mamzer from a sort of a union that Basing would put them to death for. Not, as we said, the three legs. Whereas again, our standard approach, and this is the halacha we pass is a mamzerim from Chaibe Koreis so he says and I know this from an amana ma amana Sha'in asura shahein isura nahog b'chol bana b'na and almana to a pain godal is not osur in all cases but her children are forbidden she's just osur to a pain godal and her children are pogom they can't marry kohanim zushi isura shavib b'chol this tsaras erva who's forbidden to everyone not just kohanim should definitely be Kavchama arasu. So Kobominait Soros says no. So so uh, yeah, so he's saying so why would what did Rabbi Tarif, so that's what he didn't have anything to be afraid of. So no, he had a um so no he was afraid of this. Now Kobo Minay. But didn't his students ask him Tsoros about the Tsarov a Kaposhlay Benaid I they asked his students, what's the halacha regarding the koaf itself? And he responded, well, look at the descendants. He's not answering the questions. He's actually asking two questions. First question they asked him, mai. what's the halacha regarding the Tzoros? Can they marry their brothers? Can they do Yibumumas, they do Halitza? And then, if you want to say that Tzoros are like mahu. what's the halacha of the children of the Tzores? they born from a negative commandment. It says, What difference does it make once the halacha follows Beis Hillel? Okay, the halacha follows Beis Hillel. So this woman was allowed to marry someone else without chalitza. So what difference does it make that according to Beis Shammai she might be a problem? It says, No, to answer what would be the halocha regarding the child of a Masa Grushosa. Remember, a man who wants to remarry his divorced wife after she married someone in the interim. The Baysil, Mikomrinan Kavakhimer. Do we say the Kavakhimer? Uma mono locoing god or sha'ini sur shovel bachol, bonopogum, if banal to a god gadol, the issue doesn't ap- apply to everyone. The child is pogom, This one is also to everyone. Should definitely, the child should definitely be pogom. Oh, you know what? I think let's uh, leave it chat. Yeah? Getting quite distracted. We'll uh, finish up the this piece tomorrow and finish up the sukkah tomorrow. Yeah.